we are live and on the air. And I have my tiny crown. You do. It's lovely. It is lovely. One of our super fans sent me a tiny crown. Yes. To go on my tiny head. And a pretty little, like, crown-shaped trinket box. Right. Full of pretty rocks. And a little sparkly keychain thing. I got a rock. <laughs> I got a super fan. <laughs> and he's my favorite. Hello, Chris. Hello, Sharon. Oh, welcome to the Crowncast. Oh, thanks. It's the season ender. It's the season finale for it season is. one. But before we get into the crown. Okay. Surprise. What? Oh, nothing. Nothing. Nothing at all. It's just oh. something. I was just going to say something different. Oh, I like surprises. Surprise. Oh. Um, I like good surprises. We went recently to Baltimore Comic Con. Surprise! Which was a lot of fun. It was amazingly fun. We that was our, a great day. I'm going to do that again next year. We met our friends Seth and Julie. Mm-hmm. We met Amos. And we met Amos. And he's another podcaster. He is. And he's super fun. And so I, I like wanted him. to plug his podcast. That's so nice of you. Just being Amos. Just being Amos. Because when we're out on the road and we're just hanging out or doing whatever, but we meet cool people mm-hmm. and that they do podcasts, mm-hmm. I'm going to be like, well, we do a podcast too. <laughs> In the hopes that they'll listen. Yeah. And it was a lot of fun talking to him and like swapping like different ideas and yep. Things that work really well for him and things that work really well for us. And and uh, he's a super fun, super nerdy guy. Yeah, I like him. Uh, he's in Atlanta. He gets like film stars. He does TV. He's into video games. Comic, and comic books, books and, and anime. So all kinds of. I just saw he went to an anime con in Atlanta this weekend. Cool. So, yeah. Plug in the podcast. Just being Amos. Uh, it was super, super cool meeting that guy. Yeah. Enjoyed the weekend. Enjoyed the day with him. Yeah. And our other friends. So that's it. That's the surprise. Oh, that's a nice surprise. Yeah, I thought it was fun. I like that. <laughs> we should do that again. Yeah, I concur. Not today. So anyway, back to our podcast already in progress. Season one. Episode 10. Episode 10 of The Crown. Gloriana. Which ended up being mostly about. Margaret's marriage. Yeah. And the whole fucking country of England up in her business about yeah. Margaret's fucking marriage. All. All the old white men making decisions about Margaret's marriage. Tisk, yeah, I'm shaking tisk. my head too. Yeah, that sound of silence was us shaking our <laughs> heads at each other. And there was a little bit about Egypt in there. Yeah, there was some crap about Egypt that they threw in there for no particular reason. So, I, I, again, I sort of struggled with coming up with a title of our episode for the Crown Cast. Uh-huh. So I threw down some options. Okay, let's hear them. And I kind of like how I, I, offer this up to the podcast and see where it goes. Mm-hmm. So the last one that I wrote down that I actually really like is all caps. Oh, the drama. <laughs> but like, it only works if you say it like that. Right. 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 The first one I wrote down was mansplaining marriage. I kind of like that. Cause that's kind of where we were. Yeah. A lot of it's religious splaining. I was going to say the other part of it could have been church splaining marriage. Yeah. Still. What's the church run by? Men. Yeah. So, so I think that's what I'm going to go with. Season one, episode 10 of the Crown cast, Mansplaining Marriage. Yeah, that's pretty good. I like the alliteration, too. Yeah, it's always good. It's always fun. Totally 
1936, and we get a flashback with Jared Harris. Jared Harris. Yay! Everybody's excited I've to see Little Dumbledore. I've been waiting for this for, for episodes. I missed him. <laughs> missed him. I like him so much. Yep. So the King brothers are talking about Edward abdicating. Right. It's just before he's going to make his announcement, I guess. That seemed like it, yeah. And King George was trying to convince King Edward to not abdicate. Mm-hmm. so that he doesn't have to become King George. I liked it that Edward used the little phrase, heirs to spare. Yeah. You have heirs to spare. Right. I mean, two. Sure. I guess that's an heir and a spare. Does Edward have children? No, no. Were they going to have children? I don't know. She, she doesn't seem like the children type. They, they don't, really. So I guess that's sort of a problem for the crown, for the throne, yeah. huh? Yeah. I don't know. I I think a couple of pugs would make perfectly good royalty. Fair. So then King George takes the, the young princesses aside and tells them that they, they have to stick together. They got to always have each other's back. Yeah. They promise that they will never let one another down. Right. Never, ever. There's a little foreshadowing there. It's true. It's a lot of foreshadowing. <laughs> it's the foreshadowing. Right. So then we skip to Margaret's birthday, 1955. Happy birthday. 1955. Yeah. Okay, that's good. Her 25th birthday, she and Peter have been away from each other for two years. And she has met her requirement for turning 25, mm-hmm. as promised. And waiting two years to marry her beloved. So here we go. Bring him on back. Let's yep. go. Let's do it. Whoop. And I thought about being 23. Yeah. And having to wait two years for something. It's like forever. Oh my God. That's a really long time. Yes. Nowadays, it's just like, oh my God, it's been two years. Right. What did I do? But that was half my lifetime ago. Right. Two years? Oh my God. We've been in this house for almost two years. I didn't, I wouldn't have even signed a lease for two years when I was 23. Sure. Like, no, that's way too long. Yeah. No kidding. To do anything or wait for anything. Jeez. So. I think she bided her time really well. I wonder what she did in all those two years. Well, we just saw it for the past 10 episodes. Yes. Not really. Not really. We only get bits and pieces of Margaret. Yeah. I'd like to know more about her. So they do some Balmoral business. And then they're going to bring group Captain Townsend back home. Yay. The the part I really hated about this was Tommy and Michael, like, wheeling and dealing about the business of the royal matters. Yeah. I really hated that. It bothered me a lot. Because essentially what they're talking about is Margaret still can't marry Townsend yet. Right. And it's because they never really fully explained the law to Queen Elizabeth in the first place. Right. Or to anyone. Right. Let alone Margaret and Peter. And we don't really know if this is done out of any sort of malice. It's just we know that they apparently have withheld information. <laughs> Well, they thought in that two years that Margaret would get over him and it would be a moot point. Exactly. They thought she would forget about it. I would have forgotten about it probably. Two years. Wow. 
a long time when you're 23. Yeah. Well, they had just kind of started when he left. Yeah, that's true. They had started getting real serious because he mm-hmm. got divorced and she, they thought they were going to be able to be together. And so they got serious. But they thought she would blow it off and she didn't. No. There she was. It's my birthday. Bring me my man. And this is the, the very first example of the mansplaining of the marriage rules right. at this point. And we get that several times throughout this yeah, episode. Yeah, we really do. Why did no one tell me this at the time? To which I hope you replied. It's always been that man in black and white. Yes, but no one drew my attention to it or said anything. The scene, of course, is when Liz finds out that they are not going to be able to marry. Right. She doesn't. She doesn't quite know for sure what's going to happen because this whole time she's thinking she's going to be on her sister's side. Right. But. And I kept thinking through the whole thing. Elizabeth is the queen. Right. She's not only the queen. She is the right hand of God. She's the head of the church. She is allowed to make these choices. She can if she wants to. To make these choices. But more on that later. Yes. So they have the picnic. The whole fam family has a little picnic. And I, I love watching the Queen of England like sit there and fucking make sandwiches. <laughs> right? Like For her husband and her kids. You don't think about that sort of stuff going on. It probably doesn't happen anymore. Right. But like the young queen just sitting there making sandwiches. Right. Because it's no fucking big deal. But I just I don't picture that. Right. You know, I think it's awesome. But she did. I mean, I guess she did. She probably did. Never imagine. Because they were did. at Balmoral. There was, they weren't, right. they were officially off. They were officially on vacation. They weren't so. on queen time. They were just hanging out, being family. Right. So they're having the picnic. Margaret talks to Liz about making an engagement announcement. Liz tries to explain that there's a wrinkle. Yeah, there's a bit of a wrinkle. She doesn't really know how to say it. How so she you? doesn't. Right. And... It's also in this scene, these scenes that we see Prince Philip dominating Prince Charles. And I'm using the word dominating in quotes because that's the word the Queen Mom used. Oh, okay. That he's dominating Prince Charles. That was the only thing she was in this episode for, was to talk about how Philip is this kind of father to Charles. Right. That makes me a little sad. I like her character. What I think they are setting up. Mm-hmm. In this episode, with the couple of scenes with the Queen Mom talking about Prince Charles, is something that I'll also talk about when we talk about the trailer for season three. Right. Prince Charles is very, very close to his grandmother. Oh, okay. And that, I think, is what they're setting up. Okay, sure. With this. And I think that's really going to start happening in in season three. They're really going to start talking about it. That would make sense. Mm Mm-hmm. But they were very, very close. Sure. So, yeah, there's the picnic. And then we go into. Well, also at the picnic, Liz wants Philip to go to the Olympics. Oh, right. She asks about that. That's sure. when they start talking about Philip going to the Olympics. Sure, sure. And when she brings it up with him, he's like, little... go ahead, say it. You want me to come back a different person? And she's like, yeah. He's a little put off by that. Yeah, I don't blame him. No, 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 no. Especially if your spouse like, tells you to go away for five months and come back a different person. And especially if it's because like everyone has been talking about you like this. That's kind of annoying. Mm-hmm. The line I really liked of his was nobody gives a fig about my happiness. Because I guess Liz had said something about 
it's about your happiness. Right. And he was like, yeah, that's not really what you want. You want me to be different. And that doesn't make me happy. And I totally get that. Would you agree to it? No, that'd be called months. Weeks. Away from you. Away from the children. Yes, but would you do it? No. Please, Philip, everyone just wants you to be happy. Nobody gives a fig about my happiness. Yes, they do. They want you to be stable and fulfilled. Everybody wants you happy, stable and fulfilled. They wish I'd just disappear. There's been tensions in the marriage. You know, certainly in the previous episode with Porchy. Right. Um, there's There's been tensions that at least they're playing up okay. in the show. So maybe, what's that phrase? Something makes the heart... Absence makes the heart grow fonder. That's the phrase. That's the phrase. Somebody brought that up at least once in this show. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I feel smart then. You should. (laughs) And then are we on to the prime minister? Yes. So he's still not in the best of health. He's not. He's taking pills, which I'm guessing are prescribed. He's in a lot of pain. Okay. I looked this up. And I can't remember exactly what it was, but he had some kind of gastrointestinal blockage and had surgery for that. And he had a lot of infection from it and was in a lot of pain. Uh, That's probably like during this period, not the best kind of surgery to have in the 50s. Right. 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 And he's talking about the trip that he took to Cairo Mm -hmm. and talking to the king of Cairo, Nasser, who is a scary mustached man, I guess. He's pretty attractive. Oh, really? You got attractive out of that? Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. He's a hottie. That's fine. For sure. But he was very scowly. Yeah. In kind of a hottie way. Maybe it's the mustache. I forgot to write down hottie. That's all right. Regardless, there was a lot of social awkwardness between he and Eden. Social awkwardness is one way to put that. Yeah. yeah. I, I saw it more as geopolitical tension. I guess I called it social awkwardness because they were in a room full of a lot of people. Sure. When they showed it happening. Right. And then we go back to Balmoral. Because we're still talking about Margaret. Well, that's what we talk about it's this true. whole episode margaret 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 and there's some lovely kilted dancing oh yeah the, the the ministry of silly dancing tiaras yes that was fun silly dancing and tiaras yes is it tiara time i think it's tiara time it's totally tiara time. <laughs> it's totally tiara time thank you jenny perry <laughs> I do want to put in a little footnote. There were a lot of really, really good brooches in this episode that I was not able to find history on. Okay. So if Santa is real, if he wanted to bring me a really good dictionary of royal jewelry that covered everything like tiaras and brooches and necklaces and earrings, that would be a really nice thing for Santa to bring me. Christmas this year. I'm just saying, if Santa listens, I don't know if Santa tunes into the podcast. But Does Santa have Wi-Fi? I would think so, because he needs to keep up on the latest gifts, technological gifts and things like that. But like at the North Pole? like Satellite. He probably has satellite coverage. Oh, true. So he probably has to, like Lorena, he probably has to do like all of his downloading before 8 o'clock in the morning. In the morning, yeah, between midnight and 8 a.m. Yeah, so Santa's probably listening... And he has insomnia. 
our podcast. Okay. <laughs> well reasoned. So there's some lovely tiaras in this scene, even though they're all moving very quickly. Um, as everyone is dancing. There was a lot of blurred pausing <laughs> during our screening of this episode. So the queen is in the Cambridge Lovers Knot tiara, which we first saw in episode six. Okay. That's one of her favorites that she wears a lot. The queen mom is in a tiara called the Greville tiara, G-R-E-V-I-L-L-E, also known as the Bucheron honeycomb tiara, which I really like. That, that was name. the one that was kind of angular, right? Kind of honeycomb. Oh, right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> angular. Honeycomb shapes are angular. Yeah, little hexagonals everywhere. This tiara was part of the Greville bequest to the future Queen Mother when she was Queen Elizabeth in 1942. The top of this tiara was altered by the Queen Mum and is one of only two tiaras that she wore in her later years. It passed to the current queen in 2002, and she never wore it, but she loaned it to Duchess of Cornwall following her marriage to the Prince of Wales. And it has become one of Camilla's most worn tiaras. Hmm. Camilla wears it cool. a lot. The Greville Bequest, which is where this tiara came from. Right. It's a very long story, but it comes down to Mrs. Ronald Greville was a longtime friend of the royal family. All right. And as a matter of fact, King George and the Queen Mom honeymooned at her estate in oh. 1923. That's how close they were. And when she died, she bequested all of her jewels that were worth over a hundred pounds to the royal family. Okay. All the ones that were less than a hundred pounds, she bequeathed to her handmaid. So we're talking uh, monies, not weights. Correct. Okay. So that's our little tiara tidbit for the day. You're welcome. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> and we're supposed to be, didn't you say we're supposed to be drinking champagne tonight? We said I, something in the last episode. I believe about drinking champagne. we had said something about drinking champagne tonight. I'm sorry. I didn't oh, no, no, no. Don't apologize. That. No worries. I'm having a lovely London fog, though. I figured it was the most British sounding thing I could have. We hope all of you out in Podcastville are enjoying. A tasty beverage of your own. Especially if you're driving to work. As long as it's non-alcoholic, then yeah, sure. I like jobs I can drink champagne at. Driving to work doesn't always mean being chauffeured by your husband. (laughs) So. That's true. I'm just saying people are out there driving by themselves and they can't drink while they're doing that. They shouldn't be doing that. So the Queen Mom encourages Philip to go on this Australia trip. Right. I don't really know why. I think it's because of the hoping he'll change kind of thing. Mm-hmm. At least that was the impression. So what I are got. we hoping that what are we, what's everyone hoping that he's going to change? That he's going to calm the fuck down or uh, sow his wild oats or no, decide not to sow his wild oats? A phrase I heard at least twice in this episode was to settle down. Okay. I think what the people who are saying that are referring to mm-hmm. is that he needs to stop going out with his buddies hang out more at home, be a kinder, gentler dad, let his right. uh, sensitive boy child be a sensitive boy child. Right. As opposed to trying to drill into him patriarchal manhood. Right. That, that was the impression I got. I don't know. What uh, no, I think you're about. right. I totally think you're right about that. Nary a mention of the other kid. 
Who's the other kid? Princess Anne. Right. <laughs> well, he mentions her when he says that she's a boy and oh, Charles right. is a girl. Right. Exactly. Which, you know, of course I'm seething about that. Of course. Whatever. 1955. <laughs> You're so backwards. Fuck you, the past. <laughs> Which is really funny since we turned the clocks back last night. Sure. <laughs> Fuck you, the past. I'm going to live you again. <laughs> Jerks. <laughs> so then uh, group captain Townsend does actually come home. And there is snogging. There is definitely snogging. I imagine probably a little more. Yeah. It's, you know, not that kind of show. Wonder what the church is going to say about that. And then they, they go to a party together. They get driven to a party. Is mm-hmm. that right? Oh, and they're almost Princess Diana. I was going to say that the paparazzi, the yeah. car paparazzi are are serious. Yeah, very like, serious. It's It was sort of a lot slower than I imagine it happens now. Well, it's, yeah, it was 1955 vehicles too, with huge cars. cameras. Right. There was a neat camera move in mm-hmm. this scene. The camera is sort of showing this intersection. Right. And we see Townsend and Margaret come around the intersection in their vehicle and they make the turn they start going up the hill and there's all these reporters that are all sort of camped out on another sort of side road mm-hmm. sitting there waiting right so they see the car come through they all jump back in their cars and speed away and the camera is stationary until the cars come through and they start going off and then it just goes oh neat it was a solid shot uh-huh. didn't cut and it just goes and it it spins around so that we see the actual vehicle like going forward right. instead of like coming at us. And it was just a neat move. It didn't last very long, but I noticed it. Mm-hmm. Thought it was really super cool. I like it when they get a little artsy and a little fun. It's it's really fun when they do With stuff like show. that and when it works. Right. Well, I just thought it was cool. Good. And this is the point where it's clearly pointed out to Margaret that if she wants to marry Peter, she will have to go away and be disowned from the family. The only other thing I wanted to mention about the party was that uh, Townsend seemed a little uncomfortable with the youths. <laughs> Everybody else at the party was kind of young and Margaret's Margaret's age, friends. Yeah. And he's kind of almost twice her age. And uh, yeah, I guess there's that. He was kind of like, daddy. Yeah. Why don't you go dance with these icky guys? And I'm going to go to bed in my pajamas. <laughs> That's that's a good point. I didn't I didn't catch that the way that you did. I think I was doing investigation into other things and wasn't sure in the moment. Sure, but. sure. I mean, it it caught my eye and then it it became a little poignant later on mm-hmm. to me. So the queen's still pulling for her. Right. The queen is still trying to figure out how to do what she promised. How to do what she promised. Yep. She points out that her cabinet is comprised of four divorced men. And that they really need to think on this and go back and think about it again. Right. Are you sure? sure? Because here's a mirror. Take a look. Please reconsider your hypocrisy. Mm -hmm. And then four priests show up. (laughs) Yes. And tell her no again. Somebody called them the four horsemen of the apocalypse. Which is totally believable. Right. And this is where I was really like, you know, Liz is, they're talking to her like she is a child. Right. Is she below them or is she God's right hand? Like, would they 
talk to her father that way? I feel like they would. I feel like they would. Because the point that I think they were trying to to get across, mm-hmm. I think the prime minister tried to get this point across. You know, I think several people tried to, to make this point to the queen, to Liz, that she has a duty to represent these things. She has to represent the church. She has to represent government. Mm-hmm. She has to represent the crown. Okay. And she's got to do all of this first as a monarch. Mm-hmm. So even though she wants to allow Margaret to get married because the law says she can't because the church says she can't means that Elizabeth has to follow her duty and represent the quote, highest ideals of these, you know, sort of stupid made up laws. Right. And it's, so it's really all about image. It's just about the perception of infallibility in the Mm -hmm. crown that has to be maintained Mm -hmm. stupidly. I don't like it. Well, I mean, of course, our modern sensibilities don't line up with this. Like, people get divorced. People get remarried. Right. Uh, it's it's just not that big of a deal anymore. Right. It shouldn't be that big of a deal. So it really does come down to the queen still has the final say. Right? It does. Is that yeah. true? I don't know how it works between, like, the crown and the law. Right. Government. You know, it seems like they, they worked a lot of stuff out, so the queen can only do so much. Right, which is fair. But this whole time, at least, the queen has had the option that she could say, okay, yeah, go and get married. Right. But she doesn't. But she doesn't. She breaks her sister's heart. She does. She does. Uh, she calls her uncle Edward. Yep. Uh, Edward makes that whole conversation about himself, like he always does. Oh, well, yeah. But... He is actually pretty keen to what's going on. Absolutely. Because he kind of went through the same thing. That's why he left the throne in the first place. His advice did not do anything to help Elizabeth at all. No. And, you know, I imagined being in Margaret's place, too. And your older sister, the Queen of England, Mm -hmm. telling you that you that. If you want to marry the love of your life, you will be disowned from the family and kicked out of the country. Like, this is a lot more hardcore than, like, being 15 years old and your parents telling you that you can't date that boy. It's true. This is, this I mean, is tough. This is real shit. She's a fully grown adult. Yeah. She's been making her own decisions for years. Yeah. Adults should be allowed to make these kind of decisions. Even if they are poor decisions. Yeah. I really empathize for her. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Me too. I really Big do. Big time. And so does her uncle. So does her uncle. And I think that was nice of him to, to show that. Right. So that's that. Well, yeah. The Elizabeth talks to Edward. Mm-hmm. Edward basically says she has no choice. Yeah. She finally understands that. And then Elizabeth and Margaret have the talk. Yeah. And uh, it really was heartbreaking to watch. It was. That scene with Margaret. Because she is just to feel that powerless, mm-hmm. to feel so strongly about marrying someone. And, and to then, have waited two years to do it. Exactly. And then to be just completely powerless to do anything. <sighs> Bless her heart. It was awful. Oh, I. Appears strong, but I'm not. Be- 
Peter is the only one who knows how to calm me, to reassure me, protect me. Don't tell me you understand that. You don't know for a minute what it is to be unhinged. So Peter goes back to Brussels. It's always wrong to go against love. Oh, honey. Honey. It happens so many times in movies. Yeah, usually it's like the man has to go off and do something noble. Right. You know? Like go to war. Or right. Something like that. And says goodbye to his girl. No, mm-hmm. I can't be with you because I have to go do this thing and it's too important. <laughs> it's always the wrong choice. It's yeah. Always a mistake. Yeah. Oh, you're so sweet. I know. You're a romantic. I really am. I like that about you. I like it too. I'm glad you like it. Peter was in London for 19 days. Really? (laughs) Wow. Before he turned around and went back to Brussels. That poor guy. I know. It's a hell of a couple of weeks. Yeah. Brutal. Yeah. And like probably some of his, the happiest days of his life and probably some of the worst days of his life. The best and the worst. Yeah. Yeah. I can imagine. Of him and Margaret both. All in that time period. Yeah. He, um. He calls a press conference. Mm-hmm. He hastily wrote out a little speech. Good on him. It was good on that. him. Absolutely. I totally give him kudos for taking that into his own hands. And because the, the speech he gave really took the pressure off of Margaret. Mm-hmm. It was unfortunate because he's basically breaking up with her. Right. You know, in public. Yeah. And they... You know, they're not going to be able to sustain a secret relationship beyond that. It's just not going to work, which is really unfortunate. Yeah. But it does take the pressure off of Margaret. Mm -hmm. It does absolve the crown of any wrongdoing, you know, very publicly propping up that perception of the crown. again. Which is just this is the baffling part to me. Right. Like, I get it. I understand it. Mm -hmm. But. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Just this this whole like propping up of images for image sake. It's like wow. Why? And, like that's so hard for people like you and me to understand because we're not like like we wear our hearts on our sleeves. We're that kind sure. of people. So that's really hard for that's difficult for us to understand. Yeah, for sure. Of course, we aren't royal either. So. Yeah. So there's that. True. Let's go to a question from last week. Oh, let's do it. I can't remember what we were talking about, but the notes that I have show that we were asking about, does the queen get paid to be the queen? Oh, yeah. I remember that. I did a little bit of research. Hit me. The queen has three main sources of income. The first. Horse racing? Yes. (laughs) That's number three. We're going to start with number one, the sovereign grant, which is an annual lump sum payment from the government. It's essentially her expense account okay. covering the costs of travel, security staff, royal palaces, upkeep, you know, okay. everything. So that, the business of keeping the crown in business. Exactly. The sovereign grant funds are generated from a collection of UK properties that generate hundreds of millions of pounds each year. Now she only gets a portion of it. Right. The vast majority of those earnings go into the government coffers. Okay. But last year she received 58 million 
tax-free dollars from that grant. And that was actually the 16-17 fiscal year. It was supposed to go up tremendously because apparently they refurbished the castle. And so it was supposed to go up like 70 or 80 percent to cover refurbishment of the castle. It's a lot of pounds. The second source of income for the monarch is the Duchy of Lancaster, which is the name of the royal family's private estate properties. Okay. Their properties date back to 1265, the year 1265. Got it, right. That's so weird. And that produces about $26 million a year for the queen. So that now we're up to $84 million. Now she has to run the whole house sure, with that money. So that's a lot. It's like trying to run Disney World, I'm sure. But then thirdly are the queen's personal assets, including right. her horses, right. including Balmoral and Sandringham okay. palaces, her valuable stamp collection. Ooh. <laughs> And numerous works of art, stock portfolio, all of these tiaras that I've been talking about, those are all privately owned by by her um, until she gifts them or something like that. So, so that's it. So $84 million a year plus assets. Right. And then Prince Philip receives, well, received, he retired last year. Oh, this sure. Year. Right. Recently. He's recently retired. Right. But he was receiving annual payment worth nearly half a million dollars as payment for his royal duties. His royal consortium. Right. His consorting to the queen. So they're doing okay. He's a good consort. So they're doing okay. I mean, so I've been told. (laughs) I didn't look further in to see, like, if the princes... If, if those are jobs that well, they get paid for. We've, we've heard this on the show. Obviously we haven't like fact checked it, but mm-hmm. like Edward used to get a stipend, you know, Margaret talked about giving, renouncing her title, you know, and, and renouncing her annual salary or whatever. Right. So yeah, everybody gets paid right. for just being there and doing whatever it is that they do. But are they paid by the queen or are they paid by? Oh, okay. I see what you're saying. State. I don't know, but like, I'm sure it's, it's a massive undertaking mm-hmm. to, to pay all these people. Cause then you've got all the staff, you've got the upkeep of the grounds. Like, right. I think all that gets paid from the stipend. Well, I think all uh, that comes I understand, from, but still it's like, it's a big budget to yeah. take care of. Yeah. Yeah. They're doing all right. Yeah. I guess so. All right. So picking back up with the episode. Right. We start to see the backlash from the Cairo trip. We're starting to hear about the problems that happened through other sources. There's starting to be people chit-chatting about it. And we find out that the, was he a colonel? General? A general. I don't know what he was. Probably a general. Egyptian. Yeah. Guy. Nasser. Yeah. It turns out he was mostly offended because Eden switched to speaking English. In the middle of their conversation, knowing that he wasn't as good at speaking English as Eden was at speaking Arabic and well, and yada, yada. They made a point of it earlier to, you know, to show that Nasser was kind of offended because he didn't know he was supposed to be wearing a tux. Right. 
and then he shows up in his military uniform and then you know Eden sort of patronizes him and speaks in Arabic and says, Oh, well, it's no big deal. If I had these awards, I'd, I'd be wearing that too, or whatever. And then, you know, we hear about the other thing later where Mm -hmm. they were talking in Arabic and he switches to English and he's not so good. And Oh, the drama. Right. It turns into a pretty big thing. Does it? Yeah. I think there's war. Yeah, there probably is. There usually is. I seem to remember that now. We're starting to get wrapped up here. Um, yeah, we are. Peter's going to go back to Brussels. So he's going to go do his attache work there. Right. Philip's going to the Olympics. Philip's going to the Olympics. And he's going on a tour now. So he's he's combining the the opening of the Olympics with a tour. Right. So now he's going to be gone for five months or whatever. And he makes a point to say that he feels like that's a long time to be away from his children. He does. So we may see that come back around. Sure. In the next couple of episodes. Yeah, I believe that we do. Okay. I can't remember. I know we watched the second season, but I can't remember. Yeah, because I, I specifically remember there being something about that. Okay. But he leaves kind of angry. He's not really not really happy with the state of things. Mm-hmm. Don't drive angry. Don't drive angry. Elizabeth was uh, preparing to get her portraits done. <laughs> she was. And did you notice the necklace she was wearing? Oh, I really did. <laughs> That necklace is the Queen Mary tiara worn as a necklace. It's one of those tiaras that... It's a transformer. It's a transformer. I can't wait for the sound clip I get to use for that. Will anyone else attempt to fill his shoes? And... If I'm not mistaken, I think the Queen Mary Tiara is the one she wore in her wedding. No. If only we had some way to research that. I don't think I have my notes from that long ago. I did notice that when they pulled back as Philip was leaving this tense little scene between him and Elizabeth Uh as as she's getting ready for her portraits, that she's like in the room with all of the crown jewels. All of the crown jewels. How many fucking crowns are there? there Well, there was was the two big crowns there, and then there was a scepter, and then... And uh, then the orb thing. The orb thing, right. I don't know what that was. I'm not sure what that is, but you know what? That is on the, the seal of the Harris Tweed Company. Right. So maybe it's something to do with her Scottish rule. I'll look it up. That's a question for next time. Right. Our first season two question. So, yeah, we're um, we're wrapping this thing up. There's there's all the drama music playing in the background. There's lots of intercutting between these different storylines. Eden is self-medicating. Eden's still doing drugs. It's benzos. Everyone was doing benzos in the 50s. Oh, yeah. Even the Kennedys. Whatevs. Um, Liz gets her portraits done. Uh, Nasser is angry. The voiceover kind of at the end was... My impression was that it was meant to be from the coronation. Glorious Gloriana, mm-hmm. no longer Elizabeth Windsor, but forever Elizabeth Regina, something right. like that. This whole season has kind of reinforced this idea that because she is now the monarch, she is no longer right. Elizabeth. What's her name? Right. And she's not Lilibet anymore. Oh, God, no. Even though people still fucking call her that. She is Elizabeth Regina. She is queen and goddess. Yeah first and she really showed that this episode too didn't she she really did i mean she kind of had to that was that's what she said she had no choice yeah 
you know, and on one hand, I kind of hate how much they have drilled that in this season. Maybe it was absolutely the only way they could tell the stories from the early years mm-hmm. of Elizabeth, that this is what she had to contend with was no longer being just wife or just mom mm-hmm. or just daughter or just sister, but she is now queen first. Right. And then those other things. Maybe because this is a docudrama, maybe they're kind of drilling that into our heads so that we don't think she's a total bitch in the rest of the show. Yeah, absolutely. That she's acting on her boundaries of being queen. And it's it's character building. It's and world not building. making decisions based on her own personal right. background and beliefs. That makes me kind of sad. Yeah. It's kind of dehumanizing her. I mean, it really is. Yeah. It's awful to think that you you can't be yourself first. Mm-hmm. And then on the other side of that scale, we have Margaret, who they're very much setting up as the most eligible bachelorette in London. Because at the very end, they show her back at the parties right. and she's at a table with like five or six dudes lighting cigarettes for her right and swooning all over her so she's going to be the other side of that next season for sure and yeah they've they've done that through the whole season that you know elizabeth is duty and margaret is personality you know right i like talking through this with you it's really helped me understand well, show a lot more yeah and you know this first season has been a lot of character development you know we've really built what these characters are going to be and now in the next season coming up mm-hmm. we haven't done any research or previews into season two at all mm-hmm. I mean, we've watched this the episodes but it's been a couple of years yeah. right so they're going to take these characters that they've worked so hard to build with these great actors now we get to see what those characters really do right you know, hopefully it'll be less sort of character building next time, next season, and more just kind of action and, and what's actually going on. Right. More story. But of course, yeah, docudrama, it's always going to be very dramatic, mm-hmm. which, you know, I enjoy. I mean, that's why we watch it. I enjoy a good character drama anyway. Yeah. So what did you think about this episode? Here's what I think about this episode. When I was watching it, I really, really enjoyed it. And then when we sat down to talk about it. I realized that it was really just the same thing over and over and over again. It was over and over again. It was Margaret should not marry this guy. Margaret shouldn't marry this guy. Margaret shouldn't like that's all it was about once we really came down to it. And even during the episode, during watching the episode for me, I was very like, gosh, really, this is what we're doing for the season finale. Right. I don't know what running the show is like. I have no idea what, stories they've decided to pull from Uh you know maybe it was important to to stick on this kind of a moment to wrap up this first season right so that they could really get the character development done Mm -hmm. and they did do a really good setup for the next season at the end of this episode they really did they really did but i just i found it very bland this was not my favorite episode at all I love Margaret, her performance. I, I've still never remembered what that actor's name is, um, but her performance just. She's fantastic. Is amazing. And I'm excited for next season because we see a lot of and her next a lot of season, Margaret if next I recall season. correctly. And I'm looking so forward to that. It'll be fun. I think she gets naked. What? Yeah. Does she really? 
I don't remember that at all. <laughs> <laughs> well, that'll be fun. That'll be fun. So that's kind of it on season one of the Crown. Yeah, that's exciting. Yeah, that is exciting. Um, is there anything else you want to add? Not about the show. I do want to ask our listeners. We're getting we're getting quite a few family and friends who listen to our show now. Mm-hmm. And I just want to say that if you're enjoying listening to the podcast, maybe recommend it to your friends who also like podcasts. You can shout at us on Facebook. We do post when the episodes come out. We post on the Facebook, the Crowncast Facebook page. When I remember to. Yeah. Um, but give us a little like or a, or a share mm-hmm. if you wish. You can always comment on the website as well. That's true. Nobody goes to the website, but that's fine. I go to the website. Yeah, I do too. I have to put the episodes up. <laughs> Um, this episode is coming out in two weeks. Mm-hmm. So a couple of days ago, mm-hmm. season three has just started. Right. So I hope that you're all enjoying that. If you're watching season three of The Crown. I didn't realize that had started already. It has. Just a couple of days ago. In two okay. weeks. Okay. I think we should do a special episode talking about, we're not going to watch season three yet, but we do have the trailer. So I think we should do a little a little bonus a little episode and talk about the preview. Yeah. I love it. I we'll do be it. Fun. So thanks to all of our listeners. Thanks to Jenny Parrott for our amazing theme song. Amazing theme song. Um, thanks to all of our friends who listen. We appreciate you. And thank you for the, the super fans and for the <laughs> comments that we get. Uh, I did get comments from a listener this week who said that listening to our podcast is like just hanging out with us. That's what we want. That's all we, we just really want, want you to hang out with us. We all just want to hang out with you. <laughs> so we're glad that's the impression that you're getting. So stay tuned for our uh, preview of season three coming yeah. up next. And, um, and God save the queen. God save the queen. Thanks for not leaving me hanging on that one. <laughs> Somewhere to put my feet. How about at the end of your legs? <laughs> In my sleeves. <laughs> That's more of a visual joke. True. That's why it's funny on the radio. <laughs> Only Aaron and Lorena are going to get it. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and that, of course, is when Liz finds out that they're not going to be able to marriage. This is, of course. <laughs> Try that one again. Sorry, again. He's so cute.